Doing everything by threes here, so we've got three parables. The first one is uh, chapter 21, verses 28 to 32. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he regretted it and went. The man came to the second son, or to the second, and said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, The first. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him. And you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterward so as to believe him. Okay. So here's a guy who has two sons. Now he invites them to think about this. He starts out, what do you think? Here's this guy who's got two sons. And the first one said, no, won't go. I'm not going to go into the vineyard and work today. But he ended up going anyway. The second one said, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he didn't, didn't do it. Now, some of the translations have the order of those two reversed, but it doesn't really matter. The point's the same either way, whichever order he gives them in. Um, so, the question is, which one of them did the will of the Father? Well, clearly the one who said no, but ended up doing it. Because what counts with God is performance, not promise. You can talk a good fight, you can say you're going to, but what really matters is what you do. So, uh, Jesus, um, you know, applies this. Who are the ones who said they would go, but they didn't? Pharisees? Yeah. These are the guys that talked about how righteous they were and how much they loved God and what great respect they had for the Lord and so forth. They were the experts in the law even, but they didn't do what it said. They only talked about it. Now, who were the ones that said they wouldn't but ended up doing it? Tax collectors, prostitutes. Yes. The, the low life. You know, these ones who, you know, were on the surface rebellious and disobedient, but who humbled themselves and repented with Jesus' message and turned to God. Uh, sometimes we're really concerned about looking good and speaking good and and, and kind of talking about all the good we'll do. We'd be about a lot better off just doing it and quitting to talk about it so much. Comments and questions? So is this related to what he just was talking about before this? Or kind of on its own? Well, I think it's related in the sense that it's showing the condemnation of these religious leaders that have just questioned his authority and refused to answer his question about the baptism of John and so forth. I think really all these parables are really trying to get at their attitude, which was one of promising but not delivering. Which is related to the fig tree. Absolutely. Okay. Everything in this is leading to the confrontation. You know, Jesus, it's related to his cleaning house in the temple. You know, so all these things, I think, are, are part of the same thing. He sort of answers the question that he asked them in the previous part. When he asked them, was the baptism of John 
from God or from man, they wouldn't answer. So he tells them at the end of this absolutely parable. Yes, absolutely. Good point. He does end up more or less answering that. Other thoughts? All right, 33 to 46. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard and put a wall around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and rented it out to vine growers and went on the journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his slaves to the vine growers to receive his produce. The vine growers took his slaves and beat one and killed another and stoned a third. Again he sent another group of slaves, larger than the first, and they did the same thing to them. But afterward he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the vine growers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. They took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine growers? Forty-six. They said to him, He will bring those wretches to a wretched end, and will rent out the vineyard to other vine growers who will pay him the proceeds at the proper seasons. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing the fruit of it. And he who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whom it falls it will scatter him like dust. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they understood that he was speaking about them. When they sought to seize him, they feared the people because they considered him to be a prophet. Okay, this is quite an outrageous story, don't you think? Here you've got the owner of a vineyard, and what does he do for the vineyard? Everything. Yeah, he really did. He took splendid care of this vineyard. We're in uh, 2133. And uh, he, he, he had it all in, in ship shape and uh, rented it out to vine growers. And uh, like a lot of times you do when you're renting out a field that's going to produce something, it appears that the rental price was a share of the crop. And so at the harvest time, what did the owner of the vineyard do? Sent somebody to collect. Yeah. And what did the renters do? They didn't pay. <laughs> they not only didn't pay. They abused and killed the people who were sent. Yes. They, they beat one up and they killed one and they stoned another one. Uh, they, they do violence to the slaves of the landowner who were trying to collect the rent. And, you know, he keeps sending more, and they keep doing the same thing. And so what does the vineyard owner finally think? I'll send my son. Yeah, I'll send my son. They'll surely respect him. And that didn't seem to be what they did, did it? What were they thinking when they saw the son come? If we kill him, we get everything. Yeah, because after all, if there's no heir, 
then whoever I guess was working the farm would kind of get squatters rights there's nobody there to inherit it that probably doesn't work a whole lot if you're the ones responsible for there not being any heirs I don't know. Yeah. you would think that ought to you know yeah it ought to shouldn't it but so they take him and kill him well Jesus asked the question when the owner comes what's he gonna do and their answer is straighten things out yeah I believe that was a bit overdue in this case don't you think you know do you know any vineyard owner who would be this patient this is really you know ridiculous I mean whoa how could you how could you be this patient and how could vineyard you know renters be this you know rude <laughs> uh, this is a uh, you know really amazing but they say you know he'll destroy these wretches and rent the vineyard out to other vine growers ones who will pay of course this is like a Nathan parable you know you are the man or you are the men in this case because who was the owner of the vineyard and what was the vineyard itself <clears throat> Israel the blessings of God you know that sort of thing and who were the uh, slaves that he sent to collect the fruit the prophets and what kind of fruit were they supposed to be collected people. what people. well not exactly people but righteousness, righteousness and justice and holiness and you know that kind of fruit and of course the son was Jesus <coughs> and finally Jesus is just going to destroy these miserable vine growers and give it to somebody else say those who have faith uh, from the uh, perspective of the book of Romans and then Jesus said, what about that scripture where it said the stone the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone? Now, who was the stone the builders rejected? Jesus. And who were the builders then? Them. Them, the Jewish leaders. And they came across Jesus. You know, they were building their building, their religion. They came across Jesus and decided they just couldn't use that stone. You know, this one won't do. It wasn't the right size or shape or... I don't know what it had, but they didn't want it, and they rejected it. And God takes that very stone, and he chooses it to become the main stone in his building. And not only is this despised cho stone chosen by God, but it's also dangerous. What happens if you fall on the stone? Get broken. And what happens if the stone falls on you? You'll be crushed. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good plan either way. And he's, he's really saying, you know, God is, has given me a central place no matter what you guys thought about me. So, I mean, he is saying some very strong things here. And, I mean, it doesn't leave a whole lot to the imagination. I mean, in verse 45, what did they know? He's talking about them. Yeah, they knew good and well what he's talking about. I mean, some parables are harder to t understand. This one's pretty easy. They knew what he was getting at. And, of course, they don't like it. They plot to kill him. To fulfill the, oh, their own... Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what the parable said they do, right? <laughs> Isn't that ironic? You know, they end up... You know, even though they knew this was spoken about them, they end up going ahead and plotting to do the very thing that the parable said they would do. 
some people just can't help fulfilling uh, these prophecies. They obviously didn't believe it. That's correct. I mean, yeah, that certainly. It's like, oh, you're you're just making this up and making us out to be the bad guys, and there's no there's no truth to it. Right, certainly. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. All right. Other comments or questions? In verse thirty-seven, the he's saying they will respect my son. It does the word respect. Does it mean like just respect, or is it like fear, or? I don't even know what the word is. Because I'm I'm just trying to figure out if it's, oh, they'll be afraid of my son that my my servants. Okay, they're not. They don't have that much <coughs> dignity. I'm trying to stay in the in the parable. Uh, they don't have that much dignity. They're just slaves. These lowly people came to collect rent, and I'm not going to listen to the the you know second-hand slave of something or another. Um, but then is, is he saying they'll respect the son more, or they'll be more afraid of the son being... Well, I think he's saying they'll give the rent to him. I mean, that's the bottom line, you know, and so they will see this as the son, and they've got to do what he says. But I don't know exactly what he means. That I mean, I can see respect and fear both in the concept in the parable. Other thoughts? third parable, chapter 22, verses 1 to 14. Jesus answered and spoke to them, 